Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. This is Peter Ravella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. Well, friends and neighbors out there in ASPN land, uh, next week, Tyler Buckingham, the co-host of this show, is heading out at to go to sea and uh, is going to be gone for a while. So uh, we're dedicating this show to the, the last week we've had, we've had to double record double produce the shows for the week because Tyler's not going to be working on this trip. Uh, so it's been busy, Tyler, and I, and you got it all you got it all done. So this is kind of a kickback show. This is a you know, we made it to the finish line prep so you can go sailing. Yes, come sail away, my friends, with <laughs> me. I'm going sailing. You're not. Well maybe you are, but I certainly am. And I'll try to bring you some uh, dispatches from my yeah. Caribbean uh, vacation that I'm taking here. And we'll talk more about this on the show. Uh, the vibes are quite good at the moment, uh, preparing here. Uh, and we want to highlight some stuff that's coming up on ASPN, uh, some of the stuff that's been on ASPN. Yeah. It's going to be a kickback show. Yeah. Can't wait to have this groovy conversation with y'all. But before we do it, let's have a word from our sponsors. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering. With 28 offices along the Gulf Coast, the folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numerical modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. Be sure to check out their brand new Coastal Resilience Department, headed up by ASPN's own Peter Ravella. Find them at lja.com. Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants offers high-quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, and the skilled and respectful crews to get your project built. Make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring the dune and wetland ecology of your home or barrier island. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water? Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. They handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. Learn more at dunesciencegroup.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter at coastalnewstoday.com for daily updates on the events and news that shape the coastal discussion. Want to support the discussion and promote your company? We have sponsorship packages available now. Email me to learn more at chloe at coastalnewstoday.com. That's C-H-L-O-E at CoastalNewsToday.com. Hope to hear from you and enjoy the show. Well, so it's been, yeah, like I said, a double booked week, really for lots of reasons. And um, uh, so we've been really putting together a lot of great shows lately. And so Tyler's getting ready to jet out. And I do hope that you do uh, a couple of field notes. You know, anytime you and I traveled since we started doing this almost two years ago, when you go on a trip, you do field notes and put them when we put it up as a show. You know, you know, I hope you do that. Ladies and gentlemen, it was my full intention to bring a genuine ASPN microphone <laughs> on the vessel. Right. And uh, I, I, of course, it's a no brainer to do that. But believe it or not, all of our ASPN microphones are dispatched. They're on assignment around the American shoreline. That is true. And... Uh, 
I went on Amazon and there are like no microphones in America right now. They they're hmm. back ordered. I went to the stores. I went to Best Buy and Staples. No microphones. Wow. Uh, there's been a podcast boom. And I everybody's guess. bought these damn They've heard things. our show. They think they can do it. You know, they can't. <laughs> but uh, they, they should try. And, you know, it's also good to just take a vacation, take a little time away. So I will have yeah. my iPhone. Uh, but I'm really going to be dedicating my time, I think, to reading and listening. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, and I don't know how much podcasting I'm going to be doing while at sea. We'll yeah, see. There'll be some I moments. Be there some might moments. be some moments. You know, you there can have be. some downtime on a boat depending on what's going on. I, do you want to disclose or is it, you know, secret where you're going? Oh, no, we can talk about it. All so right, uh, it's a it's a week-long uh, cruise out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. So, uh, and of course, it being uh, the middle of August, or this in this case kind of getting toward the end of August. Yeah. Uh, it's hurricane season. So yeah. our our course will be determined largely by weather yeah and, and you're gonna overlap with the, the national hurricane center uh today i was looking at the site about the tropical depression it's now a tropical storm that's right it's to the east of bermuda and it's coming into the, into bermuda and into now they think it's turning pretty far north they do but it's right there so you're going to be sailing around in this part of the uh the gulf and the caribbean um, at a time when the National Hurricane Center just said it's about to get seriously busy in the storm system. So I think, you know, yeah. you, you could encounter some, some, you know, stuff. No, it's, uh, well, we, we, we are going to try to not uh, do that. We're, we're very risk adverse in terms of our, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to be trying to find any weather. Right. Uh, and so basically our plan as rough as this sounds is uh, if weather permits, we're going to go out to the dry Tortugas, hmm. uh, which seems like a groovy place to go. Okay. Um, and if it doesn't, what we can do is hang a right hand turn and go around into the Florida Keys right. and kind of explore that area. There's yeah. lots of safe Harbor. Yeah. Is my understanding. It's now I terrible. should, I should point out that we have a, uh, we're renting, we're chartering this 45 foot catamaran. Right. And uh, it's first class named Sundance, which, yeah. is, which I really dig. And you've got a good crew tricky. here, too. Well, the captain of the boat is Norbert, mm-hmm. uh, who our audience will remember. I've talked about Norbert in the past. He um, I've sailed with Norbert and he's a, a professional level guy. He right. presented he had to present his sailing resume to the rental company. You know? Yeah. This is a guy who does the around the world sailing race kind of stuff. Right. Or at least transatlantic. He, he's done a lot of transatlantic. He's moved yachts around the world. Yeah. Um, and he's captained yachts for people that, you know, have yachts. Uh, yeah, so right. he he's comfortable handling a 45 foot catamaran. Yeah, right. Which to me is like just even getting it out of the slip <laughs> would be just daunting as hell. Um, so, but I get to be the yeah, first it takes mate. Some skill. Okay, so you're the first mate. All right, right. you're Gilligan. I'm Gilligan, <laughs> and I am proud to be Gilligan. Proud of it. Well, yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, it's, Norbert is a. It was, we're in excellent hands. Uh, his yeah. wife's on board. His uh, his uh, three month old daughter's on board. So wow. we've got. Uh, yeah. That'll give you a nice little family compliment there. Yeah. We're not taking any risks. No. And, um, you know, it's we have a really capable vessel that 
if we need to motor and right. drop sail and go somewhere yeah. for safety, we can do it. So, right. mm-hmm. um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling yeah. well equipped and that this is a safe thing to do. And I should point out that I, I, uh, had a COVID test yesterday. Yeah. Did you? Nate, I'm a, obviously. How did it go? Like how much hassle was it? I'm going to tell you guys it was gnarly. Was it? It was weird. So, uh, you know, it's the one where they stick did a the drive through thing. No, I went to this like men's hmm. uh, kind of clinic da- okay. down in downtown Austin. It was twenty dollars, and I got my results in twenty minutes. Wow! Yeah. So, and they make you sit there and wait. Really? Yeah, but they. How do... many people were there when you? were I there? was the only one. They have it staggered. The appointments are. Oh, so they can't right keep. They, they don't separated. keep a big waiting room. Yeah. Okay, right. That makes sense. But it, you know, all in all, it 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 ran promptly. So I assume you passed. Oh yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had no symptoms, but we wanted to do this. This was kind of well, a protocol yeah. for the trip. And I think also, that's appropriate. If we, if we wanted to go to the Bahamas, they require hmm. a documentation that you have uh, right. passed from the, negative from within the a week. pestilence that is in America. Now, you know, our international, you know, because we're so bad at this as a country, we, we're sort of kicking everybody's ass on cases. I think we should be proud of that. Maybe... As I said, if you want to measure how much we care about liberty when you look at countries around the world, I would say we win the battle on that. Like, people are going to do what they're going to do because they want to do it that way, and that's their liberty, even if it causes many more cases in other places. So, you know, that's part of that. That is a testament to our commitment to constitutional principles. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. You know? That was a uh, COVID take. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so basically, you know, we're going to um, set sail on Sunday. Okay. So for y'all in podcast land, that would be uh, yesterday. You will be at sea. I will be at sea. When this is heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, the cool thing about Salem with Norbert is that he is really into sailing. So I think we're going right. to be finding excellent conditions and i think he's going to want to just cover a lot of miles i don't think right. he's trying to go for destinations or right but fine. he wants the boat to perform and max it out totally make it, like put he it wants to put, get as fast as he can get it yeah and he wants to really that sounds run fun it. yeah that sounds like a blast so yep you know one of the things when you go to sea you know you, you want to bring a little bit of some you know thing along and these days you know what's your playlist like you got to bring your music and you got to you got to yeah you got to you got to like anticipate the level and kind of the mood and what you're going to want to listen to so what did you come up with i'm so happy we're doing this because uh this will allow me uh hopefully in post-production here to uh, Mm. uh share some of the vibes with you guys just little samples of what i'm vibing to at the moment but kind of getting ready here but uh uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, I think, that Caribbean just groove, wave action. and Yeah, um, got to have some reggae. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'll probably be doing that. Goes with the pina colada. <laughs> I think so. I actually, I think a little Jimmy Buffett will be on my list. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, think I know that's, that's a little, right. you know, we're leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but the big one that has just been really driving me is Brian Wilson's smile album, which of course, you know, this is a let, this is Brian Wilson of the, 
of the Beach Boys, and he's just a musical genius. And he wrote this album called Smile, and it was like a disaster at the time because he was kind of going crazy. And but it, it's truly the the work of a genius, and yeah. it's uh, it's like it's on the same level as like an Aaron Copeland. Uh, Appalachian Spring or something right. along that. So, it's, a, it's a mark of great achievement. So this is kind of interesting about this album. So it was recorded. It was sort of one of the, his big last big creative act was this project, right? I mean, yeah. I, mean I know he goes on tour later. It's certainly, shit, this but. is the this is the end of the Beach Boys right line lineage. Yeah, this right. is the end, last certainly his involvement with it. Right. So. Um, and it was so it was it was not considered late sixties. And what the, we're talking the, about. yeah, this is when he was starting to you know deal with drug issues and mental health issues and things. And um, did but so the thing doesn't really come out no. in wide circulation when it occurs. They thought it was so weird and bizarre and or whatever. We're not really going to promote it at all. Or did they even release it? It was never released. Uh, the there there were tracks and songs that were pilfered and put onto Pet Sounds, which was the hmm. the previous al- the album that came out before it. And but it was shelved, and it was shelved hmm. until, you know, oh four, you know, or be- a little before then when he could hmm. get wrestle the rights free. And I I don't know the background. I'm not going to uh, talk about that in specifics because I I would have right. to get smart on it. <laughs> but I you know the the the. The basic well, long story delayed. I mean, it's almost 20 years later. I mean, it was 68. So it's like 15 years later that this is coming out. I mean, there's got to be an explanation. 15. No, no, no. Or 25. <laughs> yeah, no way. 32. <laughs> yeah, no. 32 Peter plus. Is. Okay, I'm sorry. About, th- about almost 40 years. Great at math. 40 years later. Um, it comes out. I mean. Yes. There's a story there. Well, there's a whole lifetime there. And there's a family rift and a lot of drama. And, uh, you know, like a lot of bands, a dramatic split. (laughs) But uh, never mind any of that. It's not necessary. The work speaks for itself. This is a piece about uh, America in that moment in the 60s. But it really resonates right now in the in the really? in 2020 yeah so why did why did why did you want this on the boat playlist well i mean again it's just so damn good he structures the the album in three movements again hmm. kind of like appalachian spring or something right. and um i'm gonna just play some samples for you here okay, so you guys yeah, can ahead. all get a vibe right, so yeah. Um, here you've got uh, the album opens with our prayer. And then heroes and villains. Roll Plymouth Rock. Rider, the 
manifest destiny. Very cool song. Yeah. And let's see, what else would I like to highlight for you? Old master painter, you are my sunshine. I mean, this is all movement one, which is called Americana. Hmm. Uh, This is a serious work. This is a serious work. Yeah. Movement two has uh, some other great songs on it. I'm going to skip through some of this stuff because it's, you just got to keep, you you just have to listen to this. All right. Let me just, you know, I got to say it's, I love little surfer girl as a song. Yeah. You know, and this is very far from little surfer girl. (laughs) <laughs> that, thank you for saying but you, that. But I love Little Surfer Girl, you know? I do. Totally. I mean, all those old let's, ones. Let's, early pop, stuff. let's hear a little Little Surfer Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. I totally get it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's this cute. Is, I mean, this is now about America. I mean, this is about the seriousness of this guy. And, and his musical genius, really, and this is quite true. I, I think that we were talking about the comparison between him and Paul McCartney and and some of the other brilliant uh, musicians of that time period. And he was in that class as a creative person. And, um, you know, this is kind of what I think he was really working toward was this last piece. Yeah, no, this is definitely his magnum opus. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. Anyway, I've been just vibing so hard on it. And I want to circle back to that song, Roll Plymouth Rock, because there's this drum beat in the beginning of it. And it's just these big timpani hits, and you just really feel like you're on a boat. And it's it, it works to serve. It serves as this uh, analogy of being kind of adrift or de- a, a detached hmm. from the reality of the land. Okay. Um, and I really, as you know, someone who talks about the coasts and our oceans yeah. and our relationship, I mean, the land water interface. I find that, that song to be absolutely Hmm. just so interesting this dissonance between the passage of time manifest destiny which you know it's 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 about overlooking native cultures and yeah just kind of driving this yeah uh narrative this wave of you know command that comes sweeping across the land and, i've never heard you know. in music a guy take this like caribbean chill beat and make it sound also like the the mm-hmm. ant like the marching ants of you know just like this march sound i mean you really get the idea that like yeah. this is western expansion just happened yeah. but it's kind of groovy yeah and that, that you know that says something about what mm. was happening with the music you know with his mm interpretations of that sound you know if you were to do a musical expression of manifest destiny now what do you think the background it would not be a smooth caribbean vibe if that song was done right now what do you think the sound of it would be well it would i mean it would almost certainly be 
uh, hip hop or rap or, or something. Yeah, or something. I, I mean, mean, it would be a lot angrier about that issue right now. You know what I mean? Mm, it's totally. kind of, I mean, what's happening in the country in terms of the sensitivity to race issues and, and indigenous cultures. And, you know, this is becoming a topic right now. I, I would. So I think that I would I say there's more anger in it than like a Beach Boys vibe. Well, no question. But I would also say that at the period of time when he was writing this. Yeah, 68. There were musicians having expressing similar thoughts and, you know, doubts, concepts and doubts yeah. and emotions. Yeah. But that were more emotive than than Brian was here. But what makes this particular take, I think, so delicious hmm. in our coastal perspective is that it's. uh it's a conundrum. It he he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He as Chekhov would say, hmm. it's about the the question. It's not he, about a resolution. He's not interested in the answer. There's not a happy ending. No, it's just like this. It, it's so. It's just like a point of fact. And okay. in the meantime, here I am just grooving on this hmm. f- vibe. Okay. And we were listening to a little bit of it before boy. the show. And, and I have to say, the melodies were familiar, but the words, as you said, there was this a very different project. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I didn't. I was not familiar with any of the clips that you played before the show. Yeah, I, I wasn't really either. I, it's, I, I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. Yeah, you're a Southern California guy. I am. So. And I love the harmony. And I just I think it's a really I've always really dug the composition. But this is like this is a totally cool album. So I'm going to be downloading. Mm. I'll, I'll, we'll have downloaded that, but I'm also going to download uh, a whole bunch of podcasts, Peter. Okay. Um, and we have some great stuff. Yeah, we do that. Uh, I'm going to be re listening to. You got to, you got to take a few of them and share it with Norbert. Isn't that his name? The captain. That's right. Captain Norbert. Now he hadn't heard it. I mean, you have, but you know, he might be a listener. You can he, spread the message. Oh here. no, there's no question. We'll, we'll yeah, okay. We'll do a little ASPN listening on board. Okay, I want to share a few yeah, things. I hope so. Uh, let's talk about the Sea Change podcast with uh, Taylor Goals. Yeah. Now, so I wanted to highlight a couple of shows I really liked and have listened to more than once uh, that came out in the last week. And Jenna Valente, who I just you know really have a lot of respect for, um, did a very interesting con. Uh, uh, conversation um, with what's her name is is I believe you're thinking of Taylor Goals Taylor yeah who's a NOAA Canals fellow, fellow Canals fellow and work and assigned to the United Nations to work on the United States uh, United Nations decade of the oceans or of the world thing and it's a big deal and it's an, a really really great discussion I have to say I absolutely loved it and I was really intrigued by her um and I, I really want to, I want to talk to her. I want to meet her. And uh, I just thought she, she had a really interesting perspective what, to offer. What drew you in, Pete? Well, I mean, they're talking about, this is the answer to the question that really caught my attention. The question from Jenna was, uh, and this, she, she does this question at the end of every show. She's got a series of three questions. She asks all of her guests. And the first of the three is, what do you think is the most significant environmental challenge facing the world today? That's some variation of that question. And uh, the answer she gave was not enough people understand how understand the, the environment and the implications of what's going on. She basically answered 
I was thinking, well, the obvious answer is climate change. You know, you could say that or or carbon or carbon or, you know, something. Right. She's like, no, the biggest problem is there's not a sufficient level of literacy about how significant this stuff is. And I thought that was a really good answer. Totally. And it's what we're trying to do with, you know, ASPN is we're trying to, you know, really talk about these things. And I know these shows are long, but we're trying to introduce people to the lexicon of the coastal world and and from a science and engineering and economic and tourism and all that perspective. So, yeah, that's what I really liked about Jenna's show. Um, And uh, I'm kind of really excited about uh, that conversation. I thought there was uh, some really interesting things in it. So. I would give it, yeah, one of my favorites. I love, I love that uh, that take though. That you know, it's it really goes right to the problem that we are increasingly talking about, which is that it's a people problem, right? And that you know, by all means, we need to understand the environment better. Yeah, it's much more complicated and complex. There's yeah. so much science to be done. Yeah, but at some point. If if the science is telling us that we're doomed, and but people aren't able to, yeah. if it doesn't, you know, it's got to turn into something. She talked about that. She, yeah. she this is what I really liked also about what she said. Uh, they were talking about climate change and and the UN decade of the ocean, and uh, she was saying, you know, she came out of a background. There's, you know. A really good story of her background growing up in the school and the kind of school she yeah. went into and she had a very holistic sort of view of the world and and uh, she she really uh, talked about the importance of collaboration and that that from her perspective as a social scientist she said climate change is not a science problem it's a people problem and this is a conversation you and I've been having recently is big time it's it really is the it's the better way to understand it I mean the physics of it all, those guys got covered, you know, read the papers, whatnot. But how it's we so, move forward <laughs> is, is entirely a matter of... It's so funny. ...humanity. Well, it's just, you know, we... This is... It, it's also just so obvious. It's kind of a silly thing to even say. But, like, you know, coastal erosion isn't a problem unless there's a person right. who says it's a problem. In the way. In the way. Nothing wrong with beaches moving around. No. You know, you go to Padre Island in the National Seashore, not a single structure. Hurricane comes, shoreline moves around. So if you want to manage. Nobody, there's no crew. The nobody from CNN is showing up on the on the, the, the beach with nothing. Right. Hurricanes are really, don't even cost that much money if there's nothing in the way. Well, nobody's going out and covering them when they're in the ocean. You know? No. It's only when they hit people. Right. That, so it's, it's, well, it's just so clear that the the people part of the project needs to be the a huge uh, yeah. point of emphasis and we hope we we honestly hope here on ASPN that we can help uh, yeah. be part of that because yeah. we're we're trying to share these perspectives of uh, coastal stakeholders of course on the front line of climate change the and doing something about it usually yeah. Well, certainly. Yeah. In it. I mean, we're all in it. Yeah. Yeah. We're all yeah. in it. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're an activist or, you know, you work on an oil rig. You're we're yeah. all just in it. Uh, so going and finding the conversation where it's at and presenting it and sharing it, I think, is a, yeah. a valued thing Got to hear from the people who are 
sort of practitioners and in the subject. I gotta say, I'm really I like that show. I'm really thrilled that uh, the Canals Fellowship has Taylor working with the UN on that. Yeah, I think that that's something that we as a broader yeah. coastal community should be proud of. I mean, yeah, it is a global problem, and we do need to really raise raise awareness on a global level. So. That is awesome. Now, Peter. That was a good show. That was a good show. Now, our friend Bill O'Byrne, Coastal Conundrums, put out the Road to Nowhere podcast. This is a podcast about roads. I think it's undersold in the name. I was like, this, after I listened to it, I've listened to it, I've listened to it twice, and it's a really, really interesting discussion. And yes, it does involve roads. It's... It's about uh, the legal framework that coastal communities have to wade through to respond and adapt to climate change and sea level rise in particular. And what's happened in many communities as the as a, uh, clear sky flooding is in, 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 it's happened a lot, very low lying roads close to the beach that may serve, let's just say, 20 houses are getting wrecked all the time and the cost of fixing them is millions and millions of dollars and when the city says you know what doesn't make any sense just from a public transportation infrastructure spending standpoint for us to continue to spend the money on this 10 foot you know limited stretch right so when they try to abandon that and say you know what we're not going to do it they get sued in this show is with a couple of the experts who are looking at the legal environment that cities face when they're trying to make climate adaptation and sea level rise adaptation decisions. And man, there is a lot to learn here. It was very interesting. Okay, let me just yeah. let me just throw That's some my, questions okay. out. So like wouldn't it just be wouldn't the right way to do it be to just say that if in the case of like a remote road, okay, that is becoming increasingly because the truth is like you can pay for the problem to go away it just costs money so what if you just put that cost onto the right the people on the road the beneficiaries of course i mean that's i mean you and i have worked in that system and that's sensible it does but when the city abandons it as a public responsibility What's happening in the southeast, and this is the this is the Pacific Legal Foundation, and very uh, uh, clear-minded property right, you know, lawyers who believe that the government can't do anything bad to your property, and if they do, you're going to pay us kind of attitude. And it's a takings analysis, and it can be regulatory takings or physical taking of property. But this is a a very very sharp issue. We talk a lot about takings, don't we? Yeah, on, uh, it's a very sharp issue on the American shoreline, and. Uh, so when the the town does that and says, hey, guess what, you 20 people, the rest of us people in the town are tired of paying a million dollars a year to repave this damn thing because it was the wrong place to build. And we shouldn't be there. And we don't it just doesn't make any sense. We can't we can't keep up the rest of the transportation infrastructure for the city. We don't have that much money. So I think what you suggest is let them just pay, give them the road, abandon it as a public responsibility, hand it to them and say, I'll do it. When, you, when they try that, they are then sued for takings because what the decision does is it devalues the property along the road because there's no public investment to improve it, and, then that, and they're winning these right. cases. And that's what that show was about that Bill O'Byrne did with these really super smart lawyers yeah. who really could explain all this, and it's, it's super good. This is such a— Way really, to go, Bill O'Byrne. It was a really good show. It's a great show, uh, and 
for any. This is a fun one to nerd out on for all of our it's government very people because nerdy. it gets it gets into <laughs> yeah. the policy of freaking roads. Yeah, which is you know, come on, let's be right here on ASPN. Yeah, we love we love a good you know sexy story, but mm-hmm. roads are important. Yeah, but and what they what they go into talk about in this is that these are the uh, the canary in the coal mine. I think is the way Bill uh, put it. That's how he put it, and he gave the statistics on what percentage of the roads in Florida are below four foot I mean sea level, and it was tens of thousands of miles. I forget the numbers, but uh, you know it's a real issue for for local governments and taxpayers uh, to confront the reality of sea level rise. And these guys are analyzing, advising local governments how to respond to sea level rise so that they don't lose their asses financially through lawsuits. It's a very complex thing for local government decision makers. I think it, it just opened my eyes. It's a really, it's a really interesting show. Yeah. Uh, love that we had that. Yeah. I, we eat that stuff up. But on the other end of the spectrum. Right. Uh, we just wrapped up the Surf Sail Seafood yeah. uh, trilogy. What do you think of it? I tell you, man, I just <laughs> think these dudes are so cool. <laughs> well, tell everybody what the trilogy is. If you haven't listened to it it, it, it was released, what, over the last, like, three weeks, right? No, four, maybe uh, the last month. month. It was the yeah. past month. So, yeah, so episode one. Uh, so, you know, the background is that we, we've got a gang of three, like, cool dudes yeah, who a surfer, a filmmaker, uh, and kind of a sailor surfer dude yeah. who they co- they come together in Boston and they get on a sailboat and they sail up thirty two footer a thirty I believe. I believe that's correct and they sail up to uh, Maine and they explore the coast of Maine they're exploring sustainable seafood uh, both aquaculture and mm-hmm. fisheries of, of various types and they're going to yeah. James Beard award-winning restaurants and and meeting with chefs and also yeah exploring Talk secret surf spots and um, yeah living on a sailboat and just kind of enjoy like getting yeah. into that sailboat vibe that I'm about ready to yeah. dive into myself yeah um, so I guess we're we have a new commitment on ASPN at least for the next you know we went five weeks straight of having a show. Yeah, the sailboat be, show. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's great. That's you know, record. we should. We've been talking a lot about boats lately. Yeah, that, we're good. trying to bring the perspective. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. But, so. uh, episode one took place before they departed. Surf uh, sail and what is it called? Surf sail seafood. Okay, surf sail seafood, hosted by Jenna Valente, right? And she's interviewing the guys on their trip. That's right. Checking right. in at the beginning, mm-hmm. the middle, mm-hmm. and now the end has come out. Right. So take a little trip with these guys. It's three shows. They're short. Yeah. Like you know, 25 minutes. The final one's a little longer. Our standards. But, but. Uh, they, they're, it's the vibe of these dudes is so good. And just, you know, it was a cool trip. I mean, it was. I, it, mean, I've, I just kind of lived vicariously. Well, that's, that's kind of what I uh, got away from it, too. I mean, it. it First of all, they're creative and smart, and they're actually, you know, look, they're they're finding secret surf spots and hanging out and doing amazing stuff. But what they're also trying to do is really look at sustainability and lifestyle, and that's kind of what the shows are about. And and you know, that's if right. you're going to try to learn and, and invest some energy in a in a subject matter like that, could you think of a better way than getting on a sailboat and doing it instead of sitting in a classroom? I mean. I got to say, I, I, yeah, it feels like living vicariously. Like, what a cool idea. 
and they're shooting a film about what they're encountering in fisheries and seafood restaurants and sourcing of you know all of this stuff and and talking to people about you know tourism and the waterfront i mean it's yeah you know it's a good idea let's just say we have thought of that idea well and they're doing it uh and and they've I have to say, I really look, they're putting a film together Yeah, and we were really lucky to uh, have been asked to step in and very quickly put this together. Thanks to Jenna, of course, who kind of was the ringleader of the whole thing. Right. But we were pleased to have them on the network. And uh, when the film comes out, we will of course be sure to share it. Yeah. Um, And I've, there's a possibility some of that podcast, uh, uh, stuff will Could end up in the film. Wouldn't I've, that be cool? I've shared it with uh, Spike, who's the really yeah, who's the okay, film guy. Great, great. Okay, we got one more thing we got to highlight. This is All a right. quick one for Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. But I'm packing. Got to get ready to get on out of here. That's right. Seafoodie, Robert E. Jones, yeah. chef. Yeah, you know Robert Jones, uh, prolific these days. Just pr- he, yeah, is dead. Pumping out one a week. But yeah, they're he, great. They're, they're great shows. Very interesting. You know, Robert was an original podcast host. He was working for the Environmental Defense Fund on Gulf fisheries policy at the federal level. It's called the Catch Curve back then. The Catch Curve podcast. And he really didn't have time to do it. And I think he did two shows, but he really didn't, you know, it didn't take off because he was working in, in a serious level on serious fisheries policy issues. So... He kind of drifted away, and then uh, he, he, he gave all that up, working for EDF, and moved to Napa Valley and went to the Culinary Institute of America to become a chef. And Tyler and I both know Robert very well, and he's a hunter and a, and a, and a, very, and a big foodie. Fisherman. A fisherman and hunter, and you know, is really very uh, invested in how food is prepared. So when he left his job to become a chef-chef, I wasn't really that surprised, were you? I mean, I, I thought it was a badass move because yeah. it seems right on brand. And, you know, uh, Robert is uh, just a brilliant dude. And yeah, uh, it will only be a matter of time before he does something else really yeah, impressive. Yeah, he'll be making a big splash here. I think he's he really wants to work on uh, the, the international food chain system and on sustainability and 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 innovative uh innovation in the in the seafood uh, specifically seafood all of it. i mean it's yeah restaurants and supply but his, chain his and all show, that stuff he's it's he's his show is uh you know one of the things we do here is we get we the host can go anywhere they want to go so yeah uh, he did a, an yeah, amazing freedom. show on the intersection of race and seafood which i found very interesting courageous and uh, well done i thought he did a show and i learned something absolutely he did a show on uh, cell-based yeah fish which is you know this is this is laboratory grown protein right i like the analogy of it's like a micro brew and you're using right. vats and you're producing cells that do something and put right. it in. Yeah, no, it was a really a uh, blue Nala, right? That's that was the name of the company. Yeah, yeah. with the CEO and it. But really interesting. I mean, this stuff is moving ahead, you guys. And uh, it was very interesting to talk to the guy who ran that company. And let's just say he was fully 
uh, you know, credentialed to be working in basically food science. His career was with Nestle's and a variety of food companies for decades. As a, you know, there's a whole profession of people who you know design Cheetos and get them the right color and the right crunch. And right, this guy had deep roots in in food. And um, his last show uh, was the was good. that was a good show. Was the uh, effort to create a national seafood council. Yeah, that was fun. I, so look, I mean, this is so this is about the marketing and the kind of in, industry's uh-huh. presence in your life in ways that are important to realize. You know, we right we talk about working waterfronts and we talk about how interconnected our economies are, and if there's and we talk about FEMA and we talk about yeah. hurricane. Uh, recovery acts and uh, we talk about fishermen and the spillway opening up and all this stuff and how they're bailed out at time there are these are complex interconnected yeah. webs of political power and money and economies and well they're all a part of our coastal community okay so and this is why i think this show was so cool it, it is it is about the creation of the new seafood council um, and this is the level of the show. Everybody knows the U.S. Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross, appointed by the president, right? The C- Secretary of Commerce has a special marketing food advisory committee or group that had been working for two years on creation of a seafood council for the United States funded by Congress to promote, you know, American processors and American fishermen, 90 percent of the seafood consumed in america is imported you know and this is like a, this is a major issue so and and most of our seafood that we generate here we export yeah and it's crazy and so the the people that robert interviewed in the show were two members of the committee who are writing the recommendations to the secretary of commerce so this is a really interesting show but you know i never thought of it you know you know what is what are all the jingles that everybody knows got milk everybody knows what that is pork the other white meat right beef beef it's speaking of aaron copeland yeah (laughs) that's the rodeo that's the right the rodeo song yeah okay maybe we should pause oh is it oh you mean the background music for what's for dinner beef it's what's for dinner that's aaron copeland okay i think that's beef it's what's for dinner right yeah Yeah, that's right well, of course, we can all kind of, you know, there's almond ones. There's actually quite a marketing of commodities in food. And, you know, the United States haven't, hasn't had a seafood marketing ad campaign. They attempted it in the 90s. And there was some early, it was called um, Stur- what the was Sturgeon it? General. <laughs> the Sturgeon General. Was which, a comic, which was great. Which, it was like Charlie the Tuna, but talking yeah. about why you should eat seafood. The well, sturgeon. I, I liked it a lot, but I mean, yeah, the, 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 the problem I think now, well, it's problem slash opportunity is that, yeah. you know, it, it all has to be branded with this green sustainability, yeah. you know, thing. And, um, we know already on, on ASPN, we have talked to the other side of the coin here. Yeah. Uh, groups that are absolutely convinced that, additional exploitation of yeah. not only the fisheries but even like ocean areas for aquaculture so yeah you know are just simply that the ocean just can't handle it and that it's it would be inappropriate to do it so yeah we're covering I mean, this stuff compli- i think robert has the policy chops we're not taking food, sides no in the food industry top to explain the complexity kind of, yeah. of of fisheries management and supply for all of this complexity in this stuff on top of 
you know, the migration of commercially important stocks because of climate change so that they're not being caught in the same places and the, and the, and the ports full of fishermen are no longer in the right place. I mean, this is really, this is what Robert is going to be able to get into because he's brilliant and he knows both the legal and governmental side because he served on, he was appointed by the U.S. Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross, to, to this advisory committee. I mean, he's a smart guy. And I want to know about the intersection of food and and the supply chain. And I thought his interview with a black chef and uh, one of the own, only uh, African-American um, seafood fleet owners in the Gulf of Mexico, he had on to talk about race in the seafood industry. And I, you know, it was enlightening. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Good. It's a great yeah. show. So yeah, it's a good show. So lots of good stuff on ASPN right now. Right. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up this week. I'm, I'm, you know, coming at you right now in abstentia. I'm somewhere right. in the Caribbean, but yeah. uh, rest assured, the programming is in. <laughs> it's looking great. Uh, you're, you've got a big tourism coming up, which is awesome. Uh, you've got a sea change coming up, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, again, some more Robert Jones. And we've got Terry Gibson on Florida coming up a little bit later. Yeah, so, Terry Gibson. Lots interview. of good stuff coming up. Uh, Peter, I've got to I've got to start getting ready to, yeah, you to head to sea. So yeah, let's right. wrap this show up. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tyler, we'll see you when you come back. Bring back some good. I would like to hear, hear, hear firsthand from the boat how, how it's going. And uh, everybody have a great week out there, and we'll catch up with you on the next American Shoreline podcast. Mm-hmm.